comics and games to movies and TV. This is The Nerd Show on 1310 KFKA. Now, here are the nerds. Hello, nerdians. Welcome to The Nerd Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. I'm here with Scott Magerflesh, just back from Skywalker Ranch, and Micah Kilpatrick behind the glass. Wait, back from Skywalker Ranch again? Yes. Do you work there? No. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> how much how much is it costing you to go there every other week? I it's not every other week. I've I think I've only been there two or three times this year and was there three or four times last year. I don't know. I I I don't know. I'm I, sitting here taking notes with my Skywalker Ranch pen. <laughs> it writes Adequately, but it's more cool than it is. Uh, it's it's fine. Preferred. So, <laughs> it was his pen. I was about to give him props for dressed up as a Broncos fanatic for tonight's uh, football game. Of course, we record on Monday night. Yeah, but that's all right. He will he will get to enjoy it. The Broncos have not lost in almost three weeks. Wow, that's or, true. Or in the Broncos. Broncos did have that bye week. They did have the bye week, and then they beat the Chiefs. I'm not sure they've got. Although I haven't heard the update on the quarterback so they might not have a chance tonight although it would be although two nights ago based on our current in their defense like uh what's his name from seattle who was he who's the quarterback russell wilson he either can steal a game or he can throw a game yeah and not in a good way like mess up a game okay well i'm nick kenny finally got around to that yeah there you go <laughs> and you're here the here we are the nerds we are the the alternate identities are Darth Ambivalous. Darth Harmonic. Would you say those are our variants? Maybe. Ah, there you go. Or our alter egos. Yes. Our secret identities. Uh, yeah, there Wait, we go. <laughs> so you said variants. Are, are we going to... I know we need to start off with Marvel, because we have two Marvels. We, we have the, the finale of Loki... We also had the Marvels who came out. I did not see the Marvels. I know you guys did. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to start off with first? I think Loki, because we yeah. didn't have a show last week, so we have two episodes to discuss, really. Um, but probably most of it just um, wrapping up this this season and or series. And yeah. or it could be uh, Loki's story in general. Tom Hiddleston had a post on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know, one of those three. Um, that basically summarized, you know, there's 14 years and six movies, two seat, you know, all the stuff that he's done, and um, kind of hinted that it was a wrap. I didn't say it was a wrap, but um, at least as far as we know, this story is uh, has has been told. Yeah, and I think it leaves with the very finale. I mean, the very ending. It leaves a good spot where Loki can always be a character you could go back to. If you need to, you could make reference to, but he's always going to be in the background. And I enjoy the element of him being involved in navigating all the different timelines in a way that, you know, we've got this tree of life and it looks really great and it looks wonderful. And I'm just thinking, but somewhere along the lines, we got to get a little bit of the God of Mischief in there. And so I feel like there's an opportunity in the future and hopefully Marvel will take advantage of this in a good way to make it something that's kind of a little Loki-esque that you don't really know. And there's kind of that hint. And could that be, could it be something that we learn or see or 
experience, and there's like, you know what, that seems like a little bit of a Loki influence. Now, was did it? did Loki take over all of the universes, or did he take over the ones that were being destroyed? Because I assumed that when he jumped out and grabbed his his horns grew and he turned all green. That was an epic moment, by the way. Yeah. Oh, Cinema- cinematically, yeah. the soundtrack, the score was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... That was probably the moment of the of the season, as far as anything I've seen on the on on the screen, the silver screen, the small screen, whatever you see. That was awesome. And yeah. I didn't I didn't much care for the season, but the ending I really loved. I loved Loki taking over. But did he take over for He Who Remains, or is He Who Remains still taking care of the uh, the, the timeline, timeline, the sacred timeline, and Loki? took over all those other universes that were branching out. He's, That's what I assumed. What do you think, Scott? I My take, because if we go back to the loom and the loom being destroyed and everything, the sacred timeline was also going through the loom. So everything was going through there, and it was he who remains who was continuing to prune these different variants, these different timelines, these multiverses, if you will, in order to keep things small, and that wasn't going to be sustained forever. And so my take on it is Loki has essentially taken over for him. Because you remember at the very, you know, the end of season one, that was what He Who Remains wanted. He wanted them to do that and to take over for him. And they wanted to destroy him, or Sylvie did, but not take over and be gods in this universe where they're making those decisions in these alternate timelines. And so Loki kind of said it in the second to last episode, we are gods. And so he's taking up that mantle of being a god, the god of stories, now, a god of stories, but he's also doing it in a way that they're not pruning. And I think that was where the difference was, is that he was able to manifest his godlike powers so that he could be what the loom could never be, which was something that would prune and continue to reduce these timelines. And we still have that potential that we have a multitude of Kangs that are going to come after him because they were, they're going to be out there in those timelines. But what a conflict for Loki though, from being the God of mischief. I had accidentally started a, you know, when I went to watch the finale, I go, oh, they're doing a pretty in-depth recap. And, was, oh, wait, this is season one, episode one. <laughs> it's good four or five minutes into it before I realized this is more than a recap. Yeah. But it was called, what, Glorious Purpose. And yeah. that was also the title of this last episode. Mm-hmm. And you have Loki, who's, you know, been arrested for the attack on New York. He escapes. He's just trying to find his way back. He's still, you know, got that, you know, mischief attitude, godlike, you know, throughout season one. And then to come full circle to where what did he only want is friends that yeah. he had met through the TVA, you know, mm-hmm. Sylvie and Mobius and um, Hunter B-15. And Casey yeah. and yeah. OB, yeah. And, and seeing their backstories, where they came from, mm-hmm. how they – did we even talk about that or was that the penultimate episode? We, we missed a, a lot of that. Because, because we get to see where they yeah. came from. And mm-hmm. Hunter B-15 and Loki in the comics, I understand, are our best friends. Um, but I still think it's curious how she was a doctor in New York in yeah, 2012. In 2012. A pediatrician, even. Um, I think that's ironic that she was there when he was you know, the same year he attacked uh, with um, with Thanos' army. But Well, and, and to be fair, that was when he was able to connect with her. So let's 
you know, she was a pediatrician or a pediatric surgeon for a long time. It just happened to be that moment in mm-hmm. time where they had kind of a they were definitely connecting and crossing paths in a way that Loki never knew. But there was some connection there. There was a a moment where he was. And I think it's one of those where he shows up before everybody gets the bad news or the bad thoughts about Loki. And that's why that's relevant. It was like, I can connect with her at a time where she doesn't know how horrible I was during that period. Yeah. Well, he, he, he wasn't great. If we all love Loki now and Tom Hiddleston, but boy, he was kind of an a-hole plus, you know, but he was also treated so poorly by even Odin. Yeah. Um, you know, Thor, he was always in Thor's shadow would never be, you know, and that, that can cause some unrest for, for siblings. But And he was abandoned by his father, Laufey. Well, he wasn't really abandoned. I think Laufey died. Well, no, Laufey didn't die, but I thought it was, was the last yeah, shot. He was left for dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Well, oh, yeah. I think we have a lot more to talk about just that story arc, how, how Loki ended, if we'll see Loki again, but also what this means for, like you said, Kangs across all those branches. This could be the start of the, the Kang dynasty or the wars that we see. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot a lot of untold story, but also it wrapped well. We'll, we'll be okay. back and talk more about Loki after this break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Nerd Show. Scott, Micah, and myself discussing Loki. Going back to the penultimate episode where we got to see where everyone came from. We had Casey as a, as a, as a survivor who escaped Alcatraz. Supposedly, or at least attempted to escape Alcatraz. And I, I <laughs> like that tie-in and that connection. Well, and they did that with Loki earlier when they were talking about some of the you know, kind of the hijinks, and they made reference that Loki was actually D.B. Cooper. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, that was season one, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. That's funny. Um, you know, we get to see Mobius, whose name isn't Mobius. It's Dom. Um, interesting parenting techniques. Yeah. I don't know what year that was. Do you happen to remember? Because they said his wife disappears. Was she blipped, or did she just leave him? I believe that left him. So I think that we're dealing with some, like, the 80s or the 90s. Hmm. You know, in that timeline, I don't know if they I don't remember if they actually showed the year, um, but based on, you know, the really excitement about, you know, a, a watercraft <laughs> and the ATVs and the TVA and all that stuff, I thought was good. And how about the fact that OB was publishing a second edition of the TVA guidebook? Oh, yeah, because he wanted to be an author. His laboratory yeah. was very similar to Kang's throne, mm-hmm. you know, with the high ceilings, the the, the glass, uh, so the windows. It, got, it left me thinking in episode seven, what, what's up with Obi mm-hmm. and uh, where he's currently living? And also, I didn't know he was married. He said his wife left him because he had, uh, yeah. you know, worked on the on the, the t- temp pad, time yep. pad. Um, but yeah, he ends up writing a bestseller, which was the TVA yeah. handbook. Um that Ouroboros loot, I, I'm still kind of perplexed by all that. So, what is OB including now in the TVA handbook too? Is there a loom? What, what you know? What is what does the TVA look like mm-hmm. now? Now that Loki's stabilized yeah. everything and is is the god of stories and has all those different branches that he's one awesomely enough, powerful enough to control and handle the the 
infinite expansion of those branches because that was something that was never meant to fail with it right. or, or happen with the temporal loom. And even Kang says that. No. Who do you think? Yeah. Who do you think helped you learn how to time slip? Who do you think? Yeah. You know, it's like Emperor Palpatine. In, yeah. In, um, it was I who allowed exactly. the to learn the location. <laughs> Those damn boffins. <laughs> but I don't know. What's in this new edition? TVA handbook number two. Don't know. I will have to wait until it hits Barnes and Noble at some point in time <laughs> in the past. I wonder but, if he knew somehow that there would be, and this is just a stretch. Maybe he knew that there would have to be somebody like a, a human or a, an entity to actually be a part, a cyborg, if you will, to kind of connect with the temporal loom as Loki is doing. Maybe he realized that. Maybe in when Loki is learning everything about physics, maybe... <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he keeps going back in time. It, it's possible that maybe Loki... That somehow along the way... It was determined that Loki has to be a part of the temporal loom. So they, in a way, aren't one, but that one cannot survive without the other unless there are branches that are forced to be pruned. Well, Loki destroyed the loom. That was the first thing he did when he went outside. Oh, okay. You Never know, mind so then. he just completely destroys the loom. Micah, stop watching no, things no, no, at no, 2 o'clock right. in the that, morning. That, that could be fair, but that's part of it. And, you know, that idea he had to destroy it, and then he had to take over because all of the branches were dying because they just couldn't exist. And that's what we were seeing the whole time radiation spaghetti. That was the I cause like of that. When he was going back through time, it was great to see the interactions he'd have. And yeah. don't set it down. It'll roll off. You know, yep. he just seems more annoyed with all the things yeah. that have happened. But I like how there was no way that they could go back within. Because to me, all season long, everything was an emergency, but it didn't seem like anything bad could happen. And if they were to go back and reverse that with seconds remaining, um, I think I would have been a bit turned off by their saving of the temporal loom. So yeah. I like that no matter how much he tried, no matter where he wound up in in the point of history and who yeah. he connected with, it was meant to fail. And the only way he could stop that was either by killing Sylvie mm-hmm. or sacrificing himself and never having those moments with his friends. And his time with his friends haven't been, you know, very pleasant. It hasn't been through green pastures. Hell, he was with all those Lokis yeah. on on the planet surviving that giant monster. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, defending himself from the TVA. He's reliving horrible moments. So uh, it's powerful that that's, those are who he wants to save as as the god of stories. Sure. And the one other thing that I would really like to get an answer to, and I don't know if we ever will, but what about Renslayer? Well, what about Miss Minutes and what she said? You're not going to like that. Yeah. And because it left it on a hang. A it did. It left it on a hang. But you see Renslayer wake up essentially on the variant world that Loki and his variants had to escape. And that's what they worked through. And that's how they came across he who remains and all those things. So So now we've got, do you guys know if we're going to have a Loki season three, or is this just going to be a spinoff? Because I know that Marvel is going to start uh, doing more spinoffs. They're going to focus more on echo and Echo's going to be a one-off and not a part of, you know, the main story. They're going to try to do more focusing on 
you know, do little individual universes rather than overall. I don't think there's a season three in mind. I think just based on the screen crush stuff, you know, this sets it up for Loki to be a player in Avengers. Um, is it Kang Dynasty or Secret Inva- Secret Wars? Secret Wars. Something like that. Or the yeah. Kang Dynasty. But then that puts into question with Jonathan Majors' trial that's coming up this month. And did they miss an opportunity to recast him? But everything did seem kind of There was discussion rushed. to re to change the story. I think they the missed story. an opportunity. And like that article I shared with you guys, yeah. it says Marvel really bleeped up because they had this opportunity to recast him. You know, we don't know. The legal the legal system has to take its mm-hmm. its course, but that's well, a bold the, move the, in, in today's age of having a kind of a hot topic like that with a person who's going to be the main baddie like a Thanos was for mm-hmm. uh, for the first couple Avengers movies. Well, before we move on to Miss Marvel, because we do have to get to Miss Mar, not Miss Marvel, the Marvels. The Marvels. There was some discussion at some point, maybe bringing in Doctor Doom, but unfortunately, the writers went on strike, so they haven't had the opportunity to do anything with that. Which I don't know how they're going to do this. It's not good for Marvel, and another thing that's not good for Marvel, they did not have a good opening weekend. For the Marvels, and I know the studio, they're already doing it. They're already blaming the writers, stri- uh, the striking. I don't, I don't think that's right, because I don't think these characters are super popular. I don't think their movies were the most popular. The TV show was the most popular. I don't think they were the best written. I think some of it is probably the studio's vision being we must have a massive universe. And by the time these characters came into being, most of our favorite characters were almost done. And I don't know what you guys thought of the movie. I have not seen it. I think for the it did have dismal opening weekend, one of the worst they've seen. It was the worst. It was the worst Marvel film opening since we've been doing Marvel worse than films. Eternals. Yes, it was. It, it the article I read earlier today said it was the worst opening of any Marvel film that has they, been released. But to the point of the actor strike, for example, the guy who plays Hopper on Stranger Things got a phone call the night the strike ended, which was confirmed just a few days ago, and said, "We need you on a plane. We're starting filming for Stranger Things yep. five tomorrow morning in mm-hmm. Atlanta. We need you." I mean, they're rallying people. Oh yeah. Like, uh, Dusty, he's on Broadway right now. I'm sure he had to leave abruptly from his contract there to uh, get down for Stranger Things. But these actors couldn't go out and promote because they were also no. part of the strike. And they attribute that to, you know, when that just ended last week, you have not been promoting <clears throat> this movie, which I love. I did enjoy Captain Marvel. I liked that uh, that introduction to her storyline. I think with, um, is her name Photon? Is that what she goes with? Uh, um, Captain I, I don't remember, Rambo? but yeah. Um, you know, I liked her in in uh, WandaVision, and you know, I didn't get through Miss Marvel, I, but I I don't think they did themselves any favors by keeping excuse me this release to before this year to get the revenues and stuff for this calendar year, this fiscal year, and um, you had no way to promote it. I mean, yeah. I think that hurt, shot them. All in the you front. had was trailers, and I. I don't think even if you had the actors going around promoting it, I don't think this was going to be the most popular movie. I saw plenty of trailers for it. I don't – and this is nothing against the actors. I think this is probably the studio's fault 
because the studio kind of screwed themselves trying to make this big universe. Marvel uh, superhero fatigue is real. And we're all tired of seeing superheroes. And maybe if we brought in the X-Men before we brought in some of these other characters, maybe if they were teamed up with a lot of the X-Men, if Storm, like Storm's a popular character, Rogue is a popular character, if that was part of the team up, that would be cool. But I hadn't heard of Ms. Marvel before three years ago. Yeah. Well, maybe... Because you just mentioned it, we can we could talk a little bit about we can spoiler alert it at the beginning of the next segment about some of the things that came out of it that were actually I was excited for and actually was more interested and motivated about what I saw at the end of the film and in the post credit scene than most of the film. It was and we I look forward to talking about that next segment. How much time do we left left in this segment? Do we wrap now? I think we're back. There we go. There we go. Well, stay tuned. We'll be back with a big spoiler with our kind of last final thoughts about Miss Marvel. We've got Upload. We've got Invincible. We've got probably other things to talk about, too. Stay tuned. Blue-eyed samurai. Welcome back to the Nerd Show here in the Aloe Fiber Studios in Midtown Greeley. We were just discussing Miss Marvel. If you haven't seen this yet, spoiler alert: the Marvels. What I call <laughs> the Marvels? It? You said Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah. I've been doing it all the time. Yeah. So, spoiler alert: definitely coming up. So we should probably. Yeah, there you go. Spoiler alert. So before we get into the, I'm going to talk about the thing that I didn't that I liked the least. Oh, the villain. Oh yeah, I thought she was terrible. You've um, taken everything from me, and, and I, and I feel like that that's not her fault. I think that's maybe editing and direction, but it just it, she. It was a weak villain. Yeah, it was a really weak villain, and it didn't really make me feel anything for what really should have been a horrible thing that happened to Hala. And so I, I wish they would have had a better, stronger. Villain. I wish she would have been able to play that character differently because I think it could have been good. She just wasn't good in that role and what she was at. They, my big beef was the species that only communicated through song. Well, everybody can sing. It's just like talking. You just move your mouth. You move your voice up and down. <laughs> that took me out of the yeah, movie and I could, didn't really recover because there's this musical sing-along, yeah. which... Yeah, I'm a music person. I would love that sort of thing. It didn't fit. It no. was kind of ridiculous. Um, it was cheesy. And plus, you say they can't understand you unless you're singing. But, oh, the prince can understand you. Well, he's bilingual. Yeah. And even though it's English, it was yeah. – that was um, that was stupid. Yeah. That was just stupid. Yeah. So I'll talk and about – Brie Larson didn't even sing. That no, was a very she did poor not really. overlay yeah. Yeah. of her voice. Yeah. So I'll talk about what happened at the end of the film. You can talk about the post credit scene and then we'll mix – I loved how the um, young lady, Kate Bishop, from Hawkeye... Uh, Kate Bishop. ...is now being recruited by, you know... Miss Marvel. ...by S.H.I.E.L.D., by Miss Marvel, and she's like, I'm putting together a team. I love that crossover. I love that connection. And while Hawkeye wasn't a great, you know, kind of character <clears throat> when they got into the series and stuff like that, I like where it kind of ended with Kate... Mm -hmm being in that role, and so I really like that. And then we waited, and we saw the post credit scene. Well, I like 
that if you, the post credit scene for Captain Marvel was um, Sam Jackson, Nick Fury proposing the Avengers initiative. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool that the ending of that film yeah. was kind of his, I don't know if I want to say protege, but yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I like that. That was a yeah. good, good little nod to Nick Fury. And mm-hmm. um, well, in our, in our post credit scene, do not stay till the end, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it's not worth it. It's just a sound effect. And yeah. It was dumb. It's not worth it. You heard it a dozen times in the movie anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, we get a sacrifice of, um, Captain Rambo, she winds up in a in this tear in um, in the universe. In, well, it's a multi-dimensional, you know, split, and so she ends up on the other side of this other dimension. And uh, we get um, we get the X Men, Micah. And, oh, oh, really? And yeah. her mom is sitting in the chair, but it is not her mom mm-hmm. in this other dimension. She is a member of the X Men. I was going to try and do some research to see what outfit she was wearing, what character that was, but then. We get a doctor because she's in the hospital and nothing makes sense. And who do we get? We get the beast. And oh, we get Kelsey Grammer oh, awesome. as the beast. He and I was like, it was so good. So, he was the best yeah, beast. He absolutely was. And then he makes a reference. He goes, well, Charles wanted an update on this patient as soon as possible. So we know those things are coming. We know that there's going to be a lot of those interactions. And I think that's where Marvel needs to go and stop trying to do all this politically correct stuff. Just go with the things that are great and let those great characters flesh themselves out on their own. And there are a ton of diverse and female superheroes that are great within that series. And let's lean into them. You mentioned Storm. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think about Jean Grey. You think about Rogue. There's a lot of great characters in that. We should just run with it. Where I think where Miss Marvel hasn't been as successful, or the Marvels, you know, we've got Loki, which was rated a 9.6, uh, the highest rated Marvel TV show in this finale episode. Um, rightfully so. The series was phenomenal in both season one and two. But you have the multiverse. You have you know, all the stuff with the multiverse and Kang. We have Doctor Strange, which is dealing with the multiverse. We dabble in that a little bit in the, in the latest Doctor Strange movie. And now we have dimension traveling. Honestly, as a as a Marvel fan, I'm very confused. This is hard for me to navigate, difficult for me to navigate. You know, I can kind of understand all the multiverse stuff that's going on, but now you're adding interdimensional workings into it, and how does that fit? It just seems to me there's so many story arcs that are very complex, and I'm just having a difficult time wrapping my head around it. This is very different than the original 22 movies in the Avengers, where it was a pretty unilateral approach to the storytelling. This has so many different layers that could take a left turn, and it's explained by, oh, it's a multiverse well, thing. Oh, it's a dimension thing. We're dealing with it in another great show that Mike and I especially have been watching, um, and Invincible. Oh, Invincible is so good. And when that, when season two started, the first 15 minutes of that show, I was so confused. I was I'm like, too. wait, what is going on? What? And I think they did a masterful job of explaining what was going on without it being monologuing, you know, to the audience or anything else. So I love the way that that was brought in and was built up, if you will, for everybody to understand, oh, wait, this is horrible. How is Invincible and Omni-Man partnered up in battle buddies and they are destroying Earth? What, what just, what is happening here? Yeah, I was, I was thinking, 
was this six months in the future <laughs> where he he came back and I thought Omni Man was the bad guy? I, I yeah. It blew my mind. Then they come back and it's an alternate universe, and I think we're going to get a lot or of this. dimension. That oh, one, sorry, yeah, it's, alternate dimension. It's another dimension. Yep. I I think we're going to get a lot of that. We already yeah. had a fair amount with. I you said. Uh, the overarching bad guy of the series, yeah. which or of the season, which I'm wondering if he's going to be the sub arch nemesis. No, I think he is the primary bad guy. I because, mean, uh, of the series. Yeah, well, at least for this season. Uh, of the season, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, and, but I, and it, I don't know because we kind of got that, you know that that you know bait and switch in the first season where we didn't think it was Omni Man. And then in the last two episodes, all of a sudden we find out that Omni-Man's the bad guy and everything that's going on. I think this season is going to build that up. And the potential is this bad guy could be even more dangerous because of his abilities and his powers. And I'm, I'm liking that because it's not about his physical strength. You know, he's not invincible physically. He just has the ability to manipulate. And he gets his butt kicked all the time. Yeah. Can I can well, I just say something does. about the writing? Yeah. So this is uh, Robert Kirkman's graphic novel. It, it he's part of it. He's not the only writer. Didn't he but do uh, Walking Dead? Yeah. He did. Nice. Back when Walking Dead was good. Um, <laughs> so it, it's a thirteen year series. The writing is so phenomenal. I think in my group text I, to you guys, I yes. said incredible. But it is so good. They're able to make shows that are episodic, but also have that overarching story in every episode. And it's you don't see that these days. You don't see the two of them combined. And while I like episodic, I, I was used to that ever since I was a child. And we see overarching series almost regularly, almost every show. Being able to do that and balance it so well and have a character who's called invincible, but he's not invincible. I mean, every it's like every show he's bleeding out of his nose because well, yeah. he's always getting his butt kicked because he's not, you know, <laughs> Who he's not the best him? fighter. Yeah. That's well, not... Stephen Young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From uh, Walking Dead. Uh, the the cast is mm-hmm. there. There are so many great. Uh, cast members in the show. Stephen Root was in um, episode two of, uh, and, and he played a, a, you know, and I'm sorry, he, there's a spinoff about Adam Eve. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Root was in that. Yeah. I watched that. That was also really good. I am hooked on the show, much like I am hooked on The Expanse. Yeah. Because I, I think both shows are written very well. I'm still stuck at the end of season three of The Expanse. But I I love this show. And the animation is really good. This, uh, Nick, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it I've seen the first highly. season. Yeah. I just don't remember it. I need to do a recap of the first yeah. season. I remember I enjoyed it. And we talked about it last year. And that's yeah. that's Did not affiliated it? with... Mm-hmm. It's its own independent, like... I don't want to say genre, but... Well, it's unique. We don't. We don't yeah, have not Marvel. It's not DC. Yeah. It's nope. not established. This mm-hmm. is kind of uh, which I I like. I'm enjoying. Yeah. And hopefully they like don't that. do more spinoffs. Yeah, I like the one episode spinoff about Adam Eve. That was perfect. 
Let's not build too much of a universe. Agreed. Boom. Micah has spoken. (laughs) Stay tuned for more of The Nerd Show. We'll be right back to talk more nerdy stuff. Welcome back to The Nerd Show. We've covered a lot of nerdy things. It's hard being off for a week. Yeah. It's, it's been a slower nerd season with the writer strike and everything, the writer and active strike, but we're getting full steam ahead now. So with the writer strike, a lot of studios, I mean, they've jumped back into action. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like I mentioned earlier with um, David Harbour with Stranger Things, he had a phone call the night before. They had a flight for him to get down to Atlanta to start recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the only project that's going, Yeah, you know, head first so we do have house of the dragon that's been announced to release summer of 2024 um i think they were still able to work on that during the strike but i can't be sure just because it was more of a european mm-hmm. um production but i'm I yeah i don't know how many of them confidence i were a part of the i don't know if it's the sag who was striking or if it was a different uh entity but i don't think all of them were signed no but good good for them too i mean they're that was a pretty great deal that they've struck. Uh, the studios sure are upset that they're going to be losing out on $600 million a year. But if you look at the revenues of these studios, mm-hmm. um, I have no no. Yeah. Did the AI thing pass? Because that was the one I was more worried about. Uh, I don't know about as much AI, but a lot of streaming stuff was addressed. I'm sure it was in some capacity just because they'd still be striking, I'm sure, if they didn't. But um, Well, our our streaming is about to go up quite a bit oh yeah oh yeah we, they've just turned cable from 20 years ago into having streaming services for your individual and favorite shows so that's uh yeah it's frustrating it's kind of interesting you know getting off of the nerd topic and talking about kind of you know broadcast tv and cable television that was what all of the people were clamoring for back in the day with with cable and it was like you know i've got basic cable i got 86 channels and i don't want 86 channels i just want these five and you know can i just pick and bundle and get with and so now we have that but i don't think anybody recognized what the cost of that would be i think that most folks went i know well, one got, person who did i've got a hundred channels and i'm paying a hundred dollars a month for it it should be a buck a channel president so, of the colorado broadcasters association yeah. years ago called this yeah well and and i think that's where people thought they were going to be able to do that. I think people thought, I'm going to be able to do a la carte, and I'm going to be able to pick the five or six channels I want, and I'll be able to pay 5 or $6 a month to get them. And but they don't have the selection they have no. now. And, and I agree with that. Quality, I mean. Yeah. And the quality is up, but the cost in order to provide mm-hmm. that quality is significantly higher. And because you don't have you know, the, you know, the leaders that are paving the way for everybody else to do it, it's not like you can do what we did in the in the true cable television era when they had all of well, these different channels. And the commercials, that's how they yeah. were able to afford. I mean, was I, you hated it, eight minutes of commercials yep. and stuff throughout a show. Heck, when I'm watching Hulu and I have an interruption, you know, it's like, well, this kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But Well, and we're seeing it now. I mean, even with Amazon Prime, I was watching, you know, a couple episodes of Upload today, and there's a two-and-a-half-minute little blurb before that about Amazon Prime Video streaming services. So they're kind of advertising themselves before the show comes on. And so that is, we're seeing that mm-hmm. back again. The The revenue and the market just doesn't allow for this really simple, you know, 
I'm going to pick five and I'm going to spend five bucks to get it. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. Well, you can spend the money on it. It's just you have to spend per episode. That's how I had to mm-hmm. get caught up on Better Call Saul. But yeah. I wanted to watch it on AMC. I was a season behind. I'm like, I don't want to get a, uh, AMC Plus or whatever. I'm just going to buy a dollar ninety nine mm-hmm. per episode. Because I know if I get AMC Plus, I'm going to forget to cancel it. I'll have it right. for six years like I did Sling and, TV. And that's what everybody – that's what part of the market is. They're expecting you to forget that you subscribe to this and you forget to cancel it. Yeah, they so forget. So you keep paying it. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I forget. I have a full-time job and there are yeah. a bunch of stuff that I'm paying for automatically. There's so much – yeah, I'm at that point of am I, am I getting all of it worth? But you cancel one thing and then you're missing out on, on something yeah. that pops up. I don't use Netflix much at all anymore. Uh, and that was the go-to. Now it's Prime. It's Hulu. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Hulu, I can't recommend The Bear enough. I have heard about that show multiple times from multiple people. And I have renewed uh, for season three that yeah. was just announced. Saw um, that. Isn't that Gene Wilder's grandson? It might be. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I didn't connect that, but he looks very similar to Gene Wilder. Mm. I will say that they had a holiday episode, and they brought in some heavy hitter acting, heavy, heavy hitting actors. For some of the most incredible hour of TV I've ever watched. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't great and make you feel good, but it also wasn't yeah. horrible. So the bear is a is a recommended one yeah. for me. Well, my recommendation, and I have to give uh, Jeremy Brown, who is the CIO for the Nevada Department of Transportation, props for this. But um, Blue Eyed Samurai, and it's historical fiction, so it takes place in the 1600s, and it's when. Um, Japan closed its borders. Hmm. And so now it was like, you know, at the time there were only four, you know, white men, if you will, in the country. And this blue-eyed girl is born. And she all she knows is that her mother was raped or taken advantage of by one of these four men. And she's made it her mission to hunt them all down and to kill them. And she is becoming a samurai and going through this. And it's great storytelling. It's kind of graphic. What's it on? It's on Netflix. Okay, cool. And it is is really good. I mean, the animation is good. I think the storytelling is great. So it's an anime. Yeah. Hmm. And And there's a number of different kind of narrative paths that you're going along in some of this stuff. But it's really cool. And it really leans into kind of the samurai culture. And some other elements of that, and I am really digging it. I can't consume it fast enough. How much? How much? How much hints of Star Wars are you getting? Since that was largely built on on Sam. You know, a little bit because you have kind of you know the hero's journey, and that's what she's going through. But definitely has a lot of conflicts, and there's some, like I said, some cross pollination there, and it's it's a little bit more graphic, and you have to just accept that. And both from a, a nudity and from a language and from a violence perspective, and it's interesting in its own right. But I am really enjoying it, and it's it's a fun variation from you know kind of all the sci-fi and everything else that we've been watching. And so it's a great little bit of a step, not back, but step to the side and kind of check out a different vertical that's really been fun for me to watch. I think we're going to get a huge influx of movies and shows next year as they start catching up. It's going to be years-long recovery until we were at that productivity level we had been. And remember, before that, we had COVID, and look how much yeah. came out after that. So mm-hmm. I think the next couple of years are going to be prime 
Prime. We might we need some sponsors for two hour shows. So anyone listening out yeah. there, give Mike a call, please, or text. Or we can take over Nick's next. Well, yeah. no, we can't do that. But you heathen. Last um, thing, <laughs> uh, last thing I wanted to mention, and then I'll let us finish the show, and I'll stop talking. But I saw a couple rumors, and I don't know how accurate they are. I didn't have time to dig into them, but they're talking Obi Wan season two. I saw that, and no. I'm not, I don't want that. Yeah, I'm not sure that that I is going to I think they wrapped happen. him perfectly. Let's, and people let's were write saying, some letters. we want to have the, the rematch of Darth Maul and him. No, that was a perfect wrap-up. I don't need to see that live action. You kind of discredit what we saw in Rebels. Yeah. I hope that's not true. I also saw a Vader series that's coming out um, today. Yeah. I was scrolling, and I, 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 I hope it's not clickbait. Yeah, I don't want that to be the case. And I think what Micah talked about earlier with these secondary characters that Marvel's going to do, I think we've got great. We saw that with Andor. We see that with Ahsoka. We've got, there's a lot of great secondary characters, if you will, that have amazing stories that we could flesh out in a lot of these arenas, you know, whether it's X-Men or, or it's Marvel or if it's Star Wars or Star Trek or things like that. I mean, there's elements in like Lower Decks. I love Lower Decks. And they make side references to some of the main characters like Spock and Kirk and things like that, but none of them are a part of that show, and I think it makes it better because they're not. I, I like the crossover with Lower Decks, and I, and I know Lower Decks is very polarizing, yeah. but uh, the crossover between Lower Decks and um, Strange New World, Strange New World. Yep. I thought that was a very mm-hmm. awesome yeah. episode. But you know, I I think. I like the idea of doing like a one season thing on one character. It doesn't have to be eight episodes. It can be five. It can be four. It it's can just be just be good one story. episode. Yeah. All I want is a good story. Yeah. Hell when yeah. You have, like, that's with Upload. We'll probably talk that next week. The season finally has picked up, but it hasn't been great storytelling. It finally is. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in episode eight right now, and the last couple episodes have finally gotten to good story that is compelling and interesting. Yeah. That's what attracted us the yeah. first first time you were watching yeah. it. Well, we have a lot more stuff to discuss, all the movies, trailers, and stuff that have been released. We'll talk upload. We'll talk uh, more nerdy stuff next week here on The Nerd Show. Nerdians, you stay nerdy. <laughs> 